Today on Locked on A's, Paul Blackburn hitches a ride. Frankie Montas is set to return to the A's rotation. What does that mean for the trade deadline? Also, could the A's actually be better in the second half after the trade deadline? I got some thoughts. And then we're going to be talking about Seth Brown and why the numbers don't, they're not giving him justice right now. So that's what we are finally going to be talking about on today's episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 426 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're talking about Paul Blackburn. He was stellar in the All-Star game. Shout out to Polly B from Brentwood, Polly Brentwood, if you will. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Frankie Montas and his return to the rotation. Could it be his last start? Going to get into it. We're also talking about the second half, a look ahead towards the second half. Could the A's actually be kind of hitting their stride right now? I got some thoughts. And then finally, the long-awaited Seth Brown uh, segment. So we're going to be talking about Seth Brown, and I got some thoughts on Seth Brown. And uh, the, the season that he's been having, because the numbers are not doing him justice right now, but today's episode is brought to you guys by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece, BlueNile.com. So, uh, yeah, with that, follow us on social media, Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, make sure to follow us in that new Twitter community that we made. It's just called Locked on A's. There's, I believe, 23 members currently. And, uh, yeah, we're having a good time. I'm like, hey, how would you guys like me to attack the A's draft? Which they gave me some insight, and I'm going to attack it as the people want. So if you want your voice heard, go ahead and join that community. Let me know. I, I'm just asking show questions and people are, you know, having fun with the gifts, but it's a good time. We're having a great time in there, but let's get into today's episode. Paul Blackburn, uh, he was scheduled to fly commercial out of Houston because the A's were wrapping up their first half in Houston. He was going to go commercial to Los Angeles. Doesn't sound like a fun flight. Southwest, great airline. Sponsor the podcast, but uh, they uh, they, they were just going to send him on a commercial flight, and the Houston Astros heard about this and were like, no, 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 no. How about this? How about you uh, you get on this this private charter flight for our all-stars, and you guys can all ride together, and uh, apparently Paul Blackburn was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It, it just shows that it's a fraternity, and, you know, people look out for each other, and, you know, I thought that that was pretty cool. He didn't say he wants to leave Oakland or... <laughs> throw any shots or anything so that was pretty cool but a lot of people ace fans and you know the media uh alike are just dragging the a's for not having a charter flight ready for one all-star paul blackburn and you know some people uh your brody brazils and your casey pratt's have been like i mean it's one dude do you really want us to have a flight for a guy and I think I'm falling more in that camp than the outrage camp. The, the pushback would be, 
obviously this is not a good look for the A's who are notoriously uh, frisky with their money um, and don't like to spend it a lot. So it would be nice if they were taking care of their guys in, you know, a luxurious manner. But we've all seen Moneyball. The, the guys had to pay for their own sodas. Not true, but it made it in the movie, and so now it's fact. So that's just how, you know, facts work. <laughs> you put it in a movie, it works. So I think that having a flight for one guy is expecting way too much, especially out of this ownership group. And I want to know, like, legitimately, how many teams with one all-star, I assume like the Royals um, and other teams of that ilk, the Orioles? Did they have a couple? I have no idea. Did they set up their guys with a private flight? Or is it just because somebody from the Astros talked and was like, hey, look at this nice thing that we did because they want nice PR and they're just dragging the A's through the mud? Um, legitimate question. I, I don't know the answer. My guess is that they got them there somehow, but it probably wasn't a private jet. And I also want to know how many times the Astros themselves in the Jim Crane era, which started in 2011, but I'm going to include somebody from 2010 to make a point, um, that how many times they sent like their single all-stars on a private flight. Uh, Michael Bourne, all-star in 2010. You think he got a private flight, Michael Bourne? You think they were super happy that Michael Bourne was going to go represent them? I doubt it. Uh, also, you got Hunter Pence, Jose Altuve a couple of times, Jason Castro. You think Jason Castro from Castro Valley is getting a private flight from wherever the Astros are finishing up? I doubt it. So I have a feeling I know the answer to these. And uh, it's a nice PR thing for the Astros. It's a bad PR thing for the A's. That is what it is. I would like the A's to be a better franchise and, you know, do things like this and, you know, pay their minor leaguers and set them up with housing like uh, the Astros also did. But the Astros also cheated. So, uh, you know, you, you live and you learn, I guess. Um, I, I think that also this should be an MLB thing. I think that Major League Baseball should definitely be the ones that are chartering these flights. They could do it for you need 15 flights. You got uh, two teams playing each other. After every, you know, after every series, you got 15 series, just have the two guys or, you know, however many guys from the two teams get on a flight. There you go. You're saving money. You're saving gas. It's also an MLB showcase. The teams could probably take the all-star game or leave it. It's a nice little break. Sure. Uh, lets them get a little bit healthier, but also does it matter to the teams? No, it's an MLB thing. MLB is making money and by extension, the teams are making money off of that, but this is an MLB thing. MLB, if anybody, should be putting up for these uh, for these flights here. It's a bad look for the A's. I'm not going to dispute that. Bad look. Is it their fault? Not necessarily. I don't know how many other teams are actually doing this. If you know, you know, pr prove me wrong. But on to Frankie Montas, uh, and word has come down that Frankie Montas will be starting Game 2 of the doubleheader against the Tigers on Thursday. His last start came on July 3rd against the Mariners in Seattle. Uh, Montas faced the Tigers once already this season, back on May 10th in Detroit, and D Detroit hung uh, four earned runs on him in six and a third innings pitched. That is the only game of the series that the A's lost. So big showcase for Frankie Montas, revenge game against the Detroit Tigers. Um, a, a lot of people are speculating that this is going to be a showcase game for Frankie Montas uh, as the trade deadline nears. It's on August 2nd, so uh, you, know, you can't have it on a weekend, obviously. So August 2nd it is, and it's going to be a fun Monday for all of us. But uh, I'm not sure that the results of this start are going to matter a ton. I think that what will matter 
is if he's healthy at the end of it and he goes like five or six innings at the very least. If he does that, then it's all systems go. He's on the trade block. Come get him. Uh, if he, you know, leaves early or something else happens, uh, they're pro- they might actually wait until the offseason. But uh, he has a 3.26 ERA right now, a 109 walks and hits divided by an ink pitch or whip, if you will. And that's through 17 starts. Teams are going to be interested in this guy if he is healthy. Lots of teams are going to be interested in Frankie Montas if he is healthy. The difference in the return package will be how healthy he looks on Thursday. If he goes out and throws like a one-hitter in seven innings, the price is through the roof right now. There are not many other guys that offer what Frankie Montas offers. The A's could really get a solid return package and really – they, they added some nice guys in the draft. They could get some guys that are a little bit closer to the majors in this Frankie Montas return. I like Frankie. I think that he's a good trade piece, though. So, And this start on Thursday could be his last one in the green and gold. And the main reasoning for that is if I'm the A's, I'm not taking any chances on him having a setback in our uniform, in green and gold, uh, by making a second start after the, the All-Star break. You want You have four days to trade him. You're going to try your, your darndest uh, to trade him in that four-day time frame. Uh, sure, they can move him during the offseason if he does have a setback or something like that. But you got to think that the trade packages are going to be better at this deadline because, one, uh, teams that would acquire him get him for two pennant races, which is great. And, uh, you know, there's so few legit upgrades right now to a starting rotation. You got Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas. That's it. And I think Montas is probably a better deal and a better pitcher. He's pitched well in the postseason before so uh, I think that you go get him if you have the opportunity to go get one of them I think you go get Frankie Montas he's been better end of story so I think that his start on Thursday pay attention I mean obviously the A's are not going to be making the playoffs but this start is going to be having some big playoff implications and who doesn't like doubleheader baseball there's no other games to watch go watch the A's and Tigers battle it out for the you know better percentile chance of landing the first overall pick in the draft lottery why not but uh coming up on the show why i think these might have more fun in the second half they might be more fun to watch in the second half but first whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment find jewelry as unique as them with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft them the perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting now. It's available now. Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available now on the Locked On NFL podcast stream, uh, wherever you like to get your podcasts and on YouTube. So with that, welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Uh, you know, also on YouTube, we will have video at some point. I 
promise. But uh, also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, make sure to follow our Twitter community. Drop a question. I get alerts all the time. It's a great time. But uh, you know what might also be a great time? The A's in the second half. They were not great in the first half. Uh, They were clawing for 30 wins there for a while. And, you know, they finished a little bit above 30. And that's not a great first half. They got 61 losses. I don't want to see them lose 100, but odds are that they're going to. So how can they be more fun to watch? Um, Well, first off, they were starting to hit their stride a little bit before the break. They took two out of three from the Astros. They started being in games a little bit more than they were in June. In June, they were terrible. They already have more wins in July than they did all of June. That's more fun for me. I like them being in games more. So already on the right track right there. And to be clear, I don't think that they're going to like roll out like a 10-game win streak or anything like that, but I think that they could definitely play better than 344 ball, which is what they played in the first half. The bullpen seems to be coming together fairly well. You got Zach Johnson. He's been really good. Danny Jimenez will be coming back. He's been pretty solid. Lou Trevino could stay, could go. They can replace him if he gets traded. That's He's Lou Trevino. He's got like a six and a half ERA, but the metrics look good on Lou Trevino, so maybe he's not that bad. But <laughs> Maybe he is, though. Uh, counterpoint. <laughs> Sorry, Lou. That was mean, but also true. Um, yeah, they, they've got some guys in the bullpen. Uh, Sam Mole has been fantastic. A.J. Puck has been pretty solid. He's also been healthy. Can he stay healthy? I would like to know. Uh, there's also some guys that could be coming up to replace a Lou Trevino or as an injury replacement. I'll talk about them later. Garrett Acton is the guy that I'm thinking about currently. Uh if you haven't heard about him, look up his stats. He's fantastic. He's He played a lot in Midland. He's in uh, AAA right now. He's been really good. I, I'm i on the train, of the Garrett Acton train, but the bullpen, that's one thing. They could be start, starting to steal some of those wins if the A's have a lead. Uh, the biggest pushback that I've heard on social media, and I tweeted this out like a week ago. I was like, the A's may be more fun in the second half. Let's see. I have I have a feeling. And the biggest pushback that I got was, uh, you know, the trade deadline's coming. Frankie Montas is getting traded. How could they be better without Frankie Montas and whoever else they trade? Fair. Fair point. But at the same time, I did some research. And uh, this is also just these were my thoughts beforehand. I did the research to back it up. Uh, Frankie Montas is 3-9 and nine this season, and pitcher wins and records don't matter in the in the overall scheme. It's how are they pitching. He has a 326 ERA. He's been fantastic. This is not a Frankie Montas problem. It is an A's do not win and run Frankie Montas pitches problem. And he's also lost five of his no decisions. So overall, the A's are 3-14 and 14 when Frankie Montas starts. Can they find somebody better to start games than that record? Not Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas has been great. But can they get enough runs across the board for somebody else? And the answer, I think, uh, could be yes. Uh, Zach Logue, he's 3-4. and four. He has as many wins as Frankie Montas. Adrian Martinez, who's been very hot and cold, he's been okay. He's been all right. He's given up some runs, but they've been close games. You know, that's been all right. He's 2-2. Two and two. So can they replace Frankie Montas with wins? Yeah, they got two guys right there, and that's not even going any further down. Could Jared Koenig be better than he has been? Sure. They've got some guys that, you know, could keep him in games for five innings. The bullpen's been okay. Let's see what happens, you know. Uh, I don't think that Frankie Montas is not overall record. 
uh, of three and nine, but his three and fourteen as a starter record for the A's is irreplaceable. I think that they can find that somewhere else. So I don't want to see Frankie go. I think that he's fantastic, but the A's are not a winning club. This is what you do. You trade your guys. You hope for better days in the future. It's part of the game. It's being an A's fan. It makes sense. Uh, because they've made it make sense and we've all come to peace with that. If you're listening to the podcast, I think that you've come to peace with the A's trading all of your favorites. And so Frankie Montas is a great trade piece. And uh, I don't think that he'd be replaceable if the A's were a good team, but the A's are not a good team. So he's replaceable with Zach Logue at three and four. There you go. Uh, I'm not saying that they're better pitchers by any means, uh, but that, that sounded really mean. I think that they're both good pitchers. They're just not Frankie Montas at this point in their careers. I think that they could become Frankie Montas. But the A's haven't been giving Frankie Montas run support, so it just feels like they can do better than that 3-14 and 14 record that they have with Frankie Montas on the mound. That's all I'm saying right there. And just one more time, I'm not saying that I'm wishing Frankie Montas would go away. I really like Frankie Montas. He has a great story. He's been battling injuries. He had the PED suspension a couple years ago. He's been battling through to become the guy that he is now. And he's a great pitcher. And I want him to go have success somewhere else. Go win a championship for a team. And let me, unless it's like the Cardinals, who will probably end up trading for Frankie Montas, uh, Go win a championship for somebody. You know, let me root for somebody in the playoffs. I, I want to watch Frankie Montas just go dominate people and be talked about glowingly for, for a change here. That'd be great. Uh, I'm just saying that trading him away may not impact the overall win total as much as some people are thinking it might, especially since he he pitches once every fifth day. It's not like he's an everyday player. So if he's pitching once every fifth day and he's and the A's are 3-14 and 14 in those starts, is that replaceable? Sure. I think that there's a chance that that's replaceable. Uh, the real difference maker, if traded though, uh, I think it would be Sean Murphy. Because not only is he, you know, he's pretty hot right now. He's up to his batting average of like 250 or something like that. He's been getting on base a little bit more. He's been doing some good things offensively. Um, and, you know, I think that Shea Langoliers, if I would assume he would be brought up if Sean Murphy is traded, uh, I think that he could do an admirable job of replacing him offensively. But he doesn't have that same kind of rapport with the starters and with the bullpen and with the pitchers, if you will, uh, of, you know, the Irvins and the Blackburns, the guys that have also been really good starting pitchers for the A's. And so I think that that could be what it would impact the fun factor for the A's in the second half is, uh, you know, Shea Langoliers learning the pitchers. Sean Murphy has that rapport. I don't know that Shea Langoliers could just slide right in and have the same kind of rapport. Could their ERAs go up a little bit? Could that lead to more losses? That would be my worry right there. So, But I'm also not fully convinced that Sean Murphy is going to be traded at this trade deadline. It might be more of an offseason move. We'll see. And if the A's do move him, I could see the second half being a little bit more of a struggle. But since I don't know that he's going to be traded like we know that Frankie Montes is going to get traded if he's healthy, then I'm willing to be optimistic about the second half currently. And I'll talk more about the draft uh, a little bit later this week, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I have so many ideas, and I really am excited about the A's draft. I'll tell you guys that. But uh, real quick, the A's took a catcher in the first round. Uh, his name's Daniel Susak. He's related to Andrew Susak from the uh, – San Francisco Giants, you know, he was drafted like a decade ago, but they're brothers, so good for them. Um, I think that, that that draft pick 
impacts Tyler Soderstrom a lot more just overall and also in the short term than it does Sean Murphy. Um, it could mean that the A's have replenished their catching depth, and so now they feel like they can trade Sean Murphy more freely. But also, uh, Tyler Soderstrom has been, since he was drafted, has been a first baseman playing catcher. And that's what all the scouts have said. And the A's have been like, no, no, he's going to catch. And now I think that they're like, hey, maybe he should play first base. So I think that's where they're going with that. And that's what this move is going to allow him to do. They'll probably end up on the same team. And we'll see what happens from there. So I'm excited about that. But maybe it does also give them a little bit more hedging of their bets, uh, more insurance. If Shea Langeleers and Kyle McCann don't work out, then, hey, they got another guy a couple rungs down. Uh, who's also a solid defender, has a pretty decent bet. We'll see. It seemed like he was more of a sure bet pick in the first round than, say, their second round pick that I am dying to tell you guys about. Uh, It's another Bolt, but his name's not Sky, and he's really fast, and he hits home runs, and yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm excited about this guy, but I'll tell you guys more about him a little bit later. But coming up on today's show, I'm talking about Seth Brown and what the numbers are saying and what I think is going on here. So we'll, t- we'll get into that. But first, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Even golf, my friends. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource For all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. There's not much going on today. It's It's an empty sports day. It's a sad day in the baseball world. But check in today for what you can do tomorrow because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ice Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. Uh, you can do that. Leave us a five-star review. I don't need words. It's fine. No, I, I don't need words of encouragement. I'm doing great. <laughs> five-star reviews, please. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Again, any questions, it's our Twitter community, Locked On A's. Leave us a mailbag question. I'll answer it. I swear. Uh, Let's get into the third segment here. And that is Seth Brown. Uh, He's been having a a pretty similar year to the one that he turned in a year ago. And cards on the table, I wrote the numbers, like his stats, uh, before Friday, before the weekend series. So they're slightly outdated, but they're still giving you the right idea. Cards on the table. Uh, We have a toothing baby. And so I was like, I'm going to record this friggin' episode before he starts crying again. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Uh, teeth are coming through. Anyways, he's having a very similar year to the one that he had last year. Uh, he's batting 218, which is a four-point increase over his batting average from 2021, and his on-base percentage is down one point to 273. Uh, his strikeout and walk rate are both down, but not by huge amounts. So he's been having slight adjustments, but he's not... He's very similar to the hitter that we saw last year. The one key difference has been his home run rates. I talked about it in the offseason. I was like, I'm excited to see what Seth Brown does because he's hitting home runs at the same pace as Metals, and let, he's going to get more at-bats, you would presume, in 2022. Let's see what he does. Uh, last season, 
Seth Brown hit 20 bombs and 307 plate appearances, or one every 15.35 plate appearances. That's 20 home runs and half a season's worth of trips to the plate. Y- you start thinking, hey, can this guy go for 40 in a full season? Uh, that's just kind of where the mind wanders, right? Well, this year, he has 10 so far, and... Uh, He's approaching the same number of plate appearances that he had a year ago, uh, currently sitting at 293. That's probably up about 10. Uh, So I'll say 303. He's right on the edge of what he had last year. Uh, That's a home run every 29.3 plate appearances or one every eight or so games, maybe nine. Um, Depends on how good the offense is doing and how many hits they're getting. Uh, For what it's worth, he'd have 14 home runs if he played at Minute Maid Park. So it's not like... He's hitting the ball worse. It's just kind of not in the right parks. Uh, He plays in Oakland and not Minute Maid Park. And there you go. Uh, This isn't to say that he's regressed and is terrible now by any means. Uh, Actually, far from it. Uh, I think that some of it is bad luck, which I'll get into here in a minute. But uh, part of it is just hitting in this lineup. The A's... I Notoriously? I don't... it, It seems like that's not the right word, but... Uh, the A's do not have a great lineup. They're last in a lot of things. Batting average, runs, home runs, well, maybe not home runs. Uh, they're last in a lot. And last year, Seth Brown was surrounded by Olsen, who was an MVP candidate. Uh, Mark Canna, who was an on-base machine. Uh, he had Chapman. Jed Lowry was pretty good last season. He was a vampire, so he was, you know, really feeding off of the energy of the youth. And then uh, Sterling Marte was just electric. He was fantastic. So those were, what, four or five guys in the lineup that were really solid. Uh, Now, not the case. This season's version of Jed Lowry uh, is... They're more for veteran leadership. You also got Stephen Vogt, who's also there for veteran leadership. Uh, then you got guys that are rookies trying to figure things out. You got your Christian Paches. You got your uh, Sky Bolts trying to figure things out. Um, you know, it's just not the same kind of a lineup. So instead of being a nice accent piece to a lineup, he's now a focal point of the lineup. Uh, Brown and John Murphy are two guys, and, you know, Ramon Laureano to a degree are the guys in this lineup that have legitimate power that can take you deep, not necessarily whenever they want, but you know, they they have the potential that they can. And so pitchers are allowed to really attack them a little bit more because there's nobody on base in front of them. And that's kind of where they're at. you know, at worst they issue a walk and at best they get you to chase something. And there you go. That's the difference between having guys around you and guys and, you know, protection in the lineup and not, that is part of, what I think is happening with Seth Brown this season. So he's been working hard against that stack deck all season, and there's not really a way to fix that. It's not like he can like improve his launch angle, and then all of a sudden there goes, you know, everything is great now. But his batted ball metrics uh, are saying that he's made some improvements. Uh, he's hitting the ball a full mile per hour harder than he did a year ago, and his launch angle is down five degrees from 20 to 15. That's on average, so it's not all. He's not only hitting 15 degrees, but that's a nice line drive approach. Maybe more of a gap to gap kind of approach as opposed to a let's hit home runs all the time. Maybe they're trying to you know get guys on base more and do more of a Houston Astros thing where they just hit you to death and then see what happens there because the Astros are constantly very good at baseball, which is super annoying. But uh, he's still hitting balls or fastballs at a 19-degree launch angle and breaking pitches at 18 degrees, but off-speed pitchers are coming off the bat at 4 degrees. So 
basically ground balls. So he's having a really, really hard time with off-speed pitches. And predictably, uh, he has zero home runs against off-speed pitches because it's hard to hit a ground ball for a home run unless it really, unless the, the, the official scorer just falls asleep and there's a bunch of errors that happen and he gets to cross the plate and then he's like, oh, home run. Uh, that's that's the way that happens. So that's the bad news. The good news is that Brown's expected stats, or basically the quality of the contact that he's making overall, like him a whole bunch. His expected batting average is 277, which is not what he's hitting. Uh, that is 52 points higher than his expected batting average from last season. So he's hitting the ball harder in the right spots. He's doing what he should be doing. He's just not seeing the results. He's having the same results as last year, but putting in better effort than last year, if that makes sense. Uh, his ex-slugging or his expected slugging is up 35 points. When anyone is on base, he hits for a higher average than when nobody is on base. You put him at first. You put him at second. You put multiple runners on. He's doing good. Don't put a runner just on third. He struggles there, but uh, he's like 0 for 6. But other than that, in any other situation, He's fantastic. With the bases empty, he's hitting 173 with a 572 OPS. He's hitting 281 with an 882 OPS with runners in scoring position. Get this man some guys on base in front of him, and we should see him, you know, start to soar. So that that's the way to fix Seth Brown. Clog some bases and really watch him start to come alive in the second half. That feels like the best solution to quote unquote fix Seth Brown. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, hopefully, Seth Brown is fixed. I think that we've spoken into existence and, you know, we figured it out. So thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen every day. Uh, on the next episode, we're talking about the draft. There's. It was a very interesting draft. I can't wait to tell you guys about it. So uh, now go make your second lesson locked on MLB prospects. So if you're excited about the, the draft content coming from the A's perspective, go learn some more about some other draft prospects. Kumar Rocker to the Rangers. Very interesting. He was not supposed to go third. Uh, go laugh at the Rangers. <laughs> but anyways, uh, host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Again, that is locked on MLB prospects. That's all that I got for you guys today. Follow the podcast, uh, subscribe to the channels, do all the things. Uh, but that's all I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.